It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Our applause led this morning by our engineer, Lorenzo Kemp, for making sure that we know when to applaud. We're broadcasting live this morning from the Pike Nursery in Cumming. Mickey Gasway, of course, is here with me. If you have a garden question or a baggie with a weed or a bug or something you need identified, this is the time to do it because Mickey and I both hopefully will give you a little intellectual firepower to t- tell you what you have and what you need to be uh, doing with it in your landscape. Don't forget, when you come to the Pike Nursery and coming, we have giveaways this morning. We have a giveaway to Chateau Elan, a one-night stay at Chateau Elan. The Chick-fil-A biscuits arrived already, so the Chick-fil-A from the collection at Forsyth was friendly enough to give us these biscuits to give to you to enjoy your breakfast this morning. We'll have meal organite giveaways as well. Some of the uh, fertilizer materials we'll give away this morning. And don't forget, you get a tomato time giveaway. Tomato time all weekend long, by the way, at Pike. You got a one gallon tomato plant oh here only oh that's just the that drawing giveaway but at all pike nurseries we have the one gallon plant for a 25 dollar purchase yes we do i want to make sure i got my details there but today uh for the pike nursery coming we have a tomato time giveaway which is three four inch tomato plants a bag of pike vegetable and flower soil three tomato cages and a box of eb stone fertilizer vegetable food a total retail value of $57.42, I am told. Yes, indeed. We got giveaways to give away this morning and food to eat. 404-872-0750 on Lawn and Garden. Join Mickey and me and myself at the coming Pike Nursery. Bill joins us from Lilburn. Bill, welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? I'm doing great, Bill. How can we help? Um, my boxwoods in uh, front of my house have all of a sudden, well, I noticed a couple about a week or so ago, the leaves are turning brown in spots. It's like it's got spots of brown leaves here and there. And it's got new growth coming out, too. And uh, I was getting ready to, to prune them, uh, you know, trim them, make them look nice. But uh, I did, I waited to see if uh, there's something I need to do to it or something. To, uh, or is it got a disease? Because I don't want to lose them. This is going to be a difficult time for boxwood owners in Atlanta for the next couple of years. Boxwood blight is a disease that is coming and is moving slowly but accelerating a little bit in landscapes around Atlanta. The symptoms are difficult to describe, Bill, other than what you just said. My boxwood has parts of it that yeah. are that are turning brown and, fall, and the leaves are uh, falling off of it. And that, to me after the plant has been involved for a while is the best way to distinguish the disease from some of the other boxwood diseases is the leaves seem to fall off. In other words, a lot of boxwood diseases, the leaves stay on it, but the leaves with boxwood blight fall off. Initially, there are little sort of green, round, greenish-yellow, round uh, disease spots on the leaves themselves. And if you want to see some real definitive pictures, that's what I'm going to refer you to, Bill. Go to my website at WalterReeves.com. Just type in boxwood blight. I've got a great series of pictures of what it looks like on boxwoods. And keep your fingers crossed that's not what you have. Okay. And 
if I got it, what happens? I, I, the bushes die? We Now they're doing research about which fungicides are most effective. It's such a fast-moving disease that for the last couple of years it's been unclear which fungicides would help. Daconil, fortunately, is preventative, and if not curative, at least it's preventative, and it'll help keep the rest of the plant from getting the uh, infection on it. And Pike carries Daconil, D-A-C-O-N-I-L, Daconil. Okay. Yeah, all that's on your website? Yep, you got it. Okay. All right, because, yeah, I'm driving right now, so I didn't want to, uh, I can't write anything down. Yeah, yeah, but go to my website. It's all there, Bill. Just type Boxwood Blight in the search line. and will give you all the details. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You bet, Bill. Thanks for calling. Mickey, you had a question? Yeah, I, it was my understanding that you see this worse after cool, wet weather, not so much. Because yeah. last summer we had a lot of people bringing things in after it was hot and dry, and that's not usually when you see the symptoms. Yeah, it's, it's when it's you're right. Wet. A lot of diseases have that environmental part of it of when you see powdery mildew, for instance. You see that in the middle of the summer when you got cool nights, warm days, powdery mildew breaks out on flocks and crepe myrtles and things like that. And I'm not sure about that with boxwood uh, blight, but that is possibly true. I'd have yeah. to go back and look at some of my references to see if that has been noticed by other uh, d- diagnosticians who do this as a profession. And one of the things we suggest, if you have somebody else doing your your Ooh, pruning, yeah, yeah. is to keep your own pruners yeah, and ask pruners. them to use so, your pruners to do the um, the boxwood. Don't block, let them go your block from boxwoods landscape at all. to landscape to landscape with the same pruners in the truck the whole time. Because possibly you could have these spores on the pruners, yeah. and you want to keep the pruners clean. Your own pruners, that's a great idea, Mickey. Chris is in Covington, Georgia, and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Chris, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, great. How can we help, Chris? I'm looking to start a little flower bed between my walkway and my house. Yeah. And I was I was going to get your opinion on the best way to start that. And I, I got a lot of weeds now. It's the best way to kill the weeds and uh, the best foundation to start a flower bed. All right, Mickey, he's a beginner getting the flower bed started. What would you tell him? Well, if I could dig it out, I would dig him out. Otherwise, I'd probably spray it with Roundup or something like that and then leave it for a couple of weeks and then come in and and dig out the uh, weeds then and then add some good organic soil in there. Um, we have one called uh, uh, planting soil, and that would work good in there. So what and, you're trying to do, Chris, is basically kill all the weeds either by digging them out, pulling them out, or as Mickey said, you could use Killsall or Roundup, either one, just spray on top and kill them and wait a week, and then you can pull them out completely and then till in some planting soil into the existing soil and the flowers, then you come to Pike and plant them and buy them and plant them. Well, the, the area it's at now, it's not really good soil. It's a lot of mud. And, and, uh, yeah. But do you think mulch would be a good choice to put on top of the soil? Ooh, if it's muddy, where's yeah. the water coming from, Chris? You need to fix that before we do any planting. It's coming from, because my house is on the foundation, it's on the edge, and I guess yeah. the moisture and all that from the the gutters uh, that leaks down out of the area. Fix that first. Yeah. That is one of, the, <clears throat> one of the really heartbreaking things about planting anything in a wet area is plants don't like it. When Unless you use something that likes like wet. You can wet. use some sort of sedge or something yeah, like that. It's are, not um, so much a flower, but you could do that. Something there are that couples like of plants that like being in wet places, but they're not as common as just walking into a nursery and saying, I want one of that, yeah. one of that, one of that, one of that. 
So I think you'll be happier, Chris, if you figure out how to get the moisture from the roof away from those particular, from that area where you're going to plant the weeds. And one of the things that Mickey and I do many times is to make raised beds. In other words, to add enough of this planting soil to the existing wet soil that you have so that the whole thing is up two or three or four or five maybe inches above the surrounding area and maybe tapers down a little bit to the walkway or whatever is on the edge of your flower bed. And so the raised bed, the raised soil there drains fast, and if moisture does get in there somehow, the, the soil dries out quickly enough that the plants can live in that raised bed pretty easily. But if you don't fix the moisture, then you got to fig- figure out what plants would grow in there. Carex is being one of them. There's... Uh, Two or three more sages that grow nicely in wet soil, but boy, it's tough to get much of anything else to grow in there. Agreed, Mickey? Yeah, when we get our pond plants in, we get a lot of things to go along the edge. Not a bad um, idea at all. you could use some of those. Let's see. Don, if you can be real quick, we'll get Don in here before the end of the break, uh, end of the segment. Don, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Hey, Don. Don. I'm hitting Don's button. There's Don. Hey, Don. Walter. Yeah, Don, you better speak quickly. You've wasted about 10 seconds here. Go ahead. Okay, I just had a bunch of topsoil. Is it time to plant a vegetable garden? It's close. Big Gasway, what do you say? Well, I looked at according, our last average frost date is April 10th, and according to the Weather Channel, we're all right till then. So I'm probably going to plant my tomatoes next week. And I planted tomatoes yesterday, so it depends sort of on if the really warm season things like squash and melons. I'd yeah, wait another week wait or two on those. On those. But as far as uh, tomatoes, I think you're fine. Peppers that you've already got started and they're good sized plants, go ahead and plant those. Um, what else? Beans and peas. What do you think, Mickey? Beans and things there. Maybe another yeah, week. Peas. Maybe yeah, another week. Yeah, maybe. Mm. My daddy always said you pay your taxes and then you plant your taxes tomatoes. Taxes and tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> but this year's been warmer than normal, Don. Yeah, so it this has. Year That's why I'm pushing back a little earlier. bit from April 15. Mm-hmm. It is certainly time you can plant um, uh, sweet peas right now. Sweet peas. Yeah. In fact, I've Dad's had mine like that, for four weeks probably now. That I had mine in the ground. And if you come to Pike, of course, and you get one of these mature plants and put them yeah. in the ground, then they have less time that they're sitting there just looking at you, and they have more time to take off and give you some good things to eat. Thanks for calling, Don. It is 7-18. We'll be back after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. 404-872-0750 is the number on lawn and garden. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a nice day outside. Mid-70s, the temperatures this afternoon. No chance of rain. 50s in the middle of the overnight. About the same tomorrow. Rain coming up on Monday. And you can join me here at the Pike Nursery in Cumming, Georgia, where we have a Trivial Pursuit game that we'll be using to give away things, plus the Chateau Alain one-night stay, plus the Tomato Time giveaway with tomato plants and tomato cages. You have to be here to win that, by the way. Chateau Alain, you can just come by and register. We have Chick-fil-A biscuits, we do indeed, from the collection at Forsyth. And you can join us to have your questions answered at 404-872-0750. We've got time, I think, to get Jr. in here. Jr. hey, join us on Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Hi. Uh, well, Hi. Uh, the uh, 
you, you're growing some kind of a lilac uh, bush. I remember you at Pikes, and the, you bought one, and I bought one. Uh, okay. And it's stringly. It's, I think it's about three years old now. It's about seven, eh, I'd say almost eight feet tall, but the flowers are on the very top of it. There's nothing on the lower part of the, the tree or bush. And sure. I was wondering, how far back can I cut it to kind of keep it more of a bush format as opposed to this tall, stringly thing? And yeah, it's lilacs. Azalea bushes growing around the two. It's not out front. It's kind of like in the midst of some tall azalea bushes. It's pretty easy to prune back, and frankly, I might do it all at the same time, the azaleas, so they don't, like you have figured out, you don't want the azaleas to keep you from having the growth on the lilac. But lilacs and azaleas both, you can prune them after they finish blooming. Lilacs are about finished now. Azaleas are pretty much all finished now, and some are still going on. But I wouldn't hesitate in the next three weeks or so to consider going out and cutting the lilac back by two or three feet pretty easily. The azaleas down a couple of feet, too. Did he say the azaleas were near the lilacs? Yeah, they're around Usually the lilacs. Usually lilacs yeah. don't like acid soil. Somehow, somehow they learn <laughs> to live with each other. They learn like to tolerate each soil. other there. My, my azaleas are suffering from that uh, ground virus, I think, that's going around. And so they're kind of like dying out and, you know, parts of them are dying out. I'm considering to put some other ground some other kind of bush to replace those azaleas. But is it necessary to dig up that ground and around both the lilac and the azaleas? I don't think so, no. Generally speaking, the diseases you get on azaleas are not soil-borne, and so I don't think it's necessary to dig up the azaleas at all. Okay, great. Then I'll all just right. go ahead and get these other plants. I don't. They're, they're kind of like pink-looking little things, or the flowers are a little pink right now, and then they turn... The bush turns into green afterwards. I don't know the name of them. But, uh, uh, you can always send me a picture if you want to, Jr. You can submit pictures on name that plant at WalterReeves.com. It'd be okay with me to figure out what it is. You always need to know what you have before you do anything to it. Do we have time? No, we don't yet have time for the weekend prize pack. We will do the weekend prize pack in the next next half hour. Ashley Prasca is back in the studio and is thinking of a number right now between 2 and 7 who will win our weekend prize pack, but we won't announce it until the next half hour. A reminder, if you want to see some of the best traffic coverage in Atlanta, one way, tune into to WSB. The second way is to follow Ashley, Fatter, Ashley Frasca on Twitter. Her handle on Twitter is at Ashley Frasca WSB. She keeps you informed every weekday about traffic in Atlanta, and, boy, this next week is going to be really, really fun to follow. Ashley will keep you updated, Mark Arrow and the rest of them in the traffic team. The 728 will be back after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Here's Walter. Excuse me. Here's Walter. Here. There. 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 Now we're talking. 
broadcasting live this morning. I'm having a great time with the audience here today, and so I just want you to come and join us at the Pike Nursery and Coming. We are having a fabulous time giving away things. We've got tomato plants today at all Pike Nurseries. If, the, if you make a purchase of over $25, you get a free one-gallon tomato plant. We have a tomato uh, kit here that Pike is giving away this morning. You have to register for it at this Pike only. And we're giving that away later in the in the morning during the broadcast, and also a night overnight at Chateau de Lon. Chick Fil A at the Collection Forsyth has given us some nice Chick Fil A biscuits and coffee. We're here as well, and you got me and Mickey Gasway to answer your questions about lawn and garden. But before Mickey Gasway, before we do that, let's do the weekend prize pack again. Ashley Frasca has solved a number between two and seven to determine who wins a well, wins four tickets to the Celebrate Spring Break at April one through nine at Stone Mountain Park. Check out the new all-new Dinosaur Explorer and a family four-pack of tickets to the Atlantic Gladiators' last game, April 8th at the Infinite Energy Arena. So a four-pack of tickets to the Stone Mountain Park, April 1 through 9 for spring break. The new Dinosaur Explorer exhibit there, as well as the four-pack of tickets to see the Atlantic Gladiators on April the 8th. Ashley Frasca, who wins? Had a long time to think about this, so I'm going to go with caller number three. Caller number three, let's make it easy, 404-741-0750. Caller number three, 404-741-0750. Back to the phones we go. Mark is in Ackworth and joins us in Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mark, good morning. Good morning, Walter. How are you? We're great. How can we help, Mark? Well, I about two or three weeks ago, we planted a 10-foot Nellie Stevens right next to our house, and uh, obviously, it's so big, we had to have a machine put it in. But now it seems to be yellowing interior of the Nellie Stevens uh, along the stalk. So what yeah. could be going on with that? Mm, probably transplant shock or just the interior leaves being cast off mm. as the new growth gets started on the, on the edge of the plant. Okay. Frankly, so. probably nothing to worry about. This is a pretty common thing that happens on hollies and magnolias and gardenias and things like that seems to right about this time of the spring the new leaves turn real green as they grow fast and the older yellow leaves in the interior start falling out and it's worrisome to see but you know frankly after those yellow leaves have fallen out you don't notice it anymore and the shrub keeps on growing <laughs> and you know you might try one of the root starters the liquid sure root starter that. yeah uh, the liquid okay. you can use afterwards, and that will help put some roots on it. Yeah, you get some okay. nice phosphorus to put in there. You try that. Okay. One other quick question. Last summer, uh, the army worms got uh, really attacked. A uh, new Bermuda sod that we put down, we didn't realize Ooh, yeah. what was happening. Yeah. And so it, it really turned brown and was ugly. And some of the Bermuda, obviously, is dead. But now we're seeing the sod, there's... It, how can I tell whether it's going to come back or not? I see some little, um, you know, new growth in some of it, yeah. but if I don't see any growth by now in a sod piece, should we just replace that? I can give you a bet that they will not come back from the ones you had last year because mm -hmm. army worms almost never are able to overwinter in Georgia. This winter being so warm, I'm not going to be completely 100% sure of this, but most winters, it's cold enough to kill all the army worm eggs and anything left from last year's infestation. They blow up on the wind and spring storms and you know, things like that. They come up from Florida and South Georgia. 
and and on new side from that's coming from the side farms in South Georgia too. And that's probably where yours came from originally, Mark. So if the side pieces right now are not greening up, I still think you have a little bit of time to wait till I don't know tax day, middle of April maybe. And if you just don't see any green growth on that piece, then come to Pike. We had a load of side just delivered a few <laughs> minutes ago this morning at the nursery, so you right. get a good fresh mm-hmm. side. All right. Well, Walter, thank you very much. I always enjoy your show. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate saying so. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Mark's place. we got Rosemary in Greensboro, Georgia, who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Rosemary, hi. Good morning. Hey, Walter. Um, I just would like to clarify about fertilizing, uh, some clarification about fertilizing with uh, the rain predicted on Monday. Um mm-hmm. All my foundation plants, the lower petalums, uh, the uh, crepe myrtles, tea olives, uh, all these things, I normally would wait until the middle of April to uh, fertilize. Um, I would like to know, would it make sense to, and I usually use 10 10 um, I have milorganite, I have osmocote when I when I do new plantings, I usually try to use a little slow release in the hole. My question is, at this time, could I go through and put put my put a little bit of uh, you know my ten ten ten, and then follow through with some os- uh, milorganite or a slow release? I have Osmocote, and I know the Holly Tones and all all those are excellent products. But combine the effort, and would that would that make sense? Do they need it, a boost now? It does. It does, Rosemary, because what you're what you're getting when you apply 10-10-10 by itself is a very fast dissolving, fast acting fertilizer. It just right. as soon as the rain comes, it fer- it goes right into the soil and the plants absorb it. Boom! It's there. The plants use it. Milorganite and Hollytone and those are. It takes a while for the soil to, um, for the bacteria in the soil to break them down and to release the nitrogen. So they really don't become available to the plant, the nitrogen, until, oh gosh, in May sometime when the soil is nice and warm. On the other hand, the uh, osmocote that you have is manufactured to be a fast release initially and slow release uh, granules in it as well. And so what you're doing by mixing 10-10-10 and milorganite is getting the same effect as if you applied the osmocote. You get fast and slow, 10 10 10 is fast, milorganite slow. Osmocote is simply fast and slow mixed into the same mm-hmm. container. So it makes sense to me, sure, whatever you would like to do. And I think it does make sense to do it before the rain comes Monday. Okay, so in other words, you wouldn't use the 10 10 10 and the osmocote because they're both quick. That's the part I don't get. I've been confused. What I think the, the you miss you, you. I didn't know that until you just said that. You 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 misheard a little bit. The osmocote oh. is a combination of fast and slow. Right. Ten 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 is only fast. Milorganite is only slow. But osmocote okay. is fast and slow together. Okay. Uh, so in other words, please. Uh, and I'm sorry if I'm I'm not getting it. Would I? Would you just go through and do the osmocote because it's fast and slow? Or would you it's go fast through and, slow. and but it's also the soil, though. But it's also more expensive, and you need to mix it in a little bit with the soil, just so it dissolves and oh, so it gets okay. into the where the roots okay. are. So but again, I'm you choose get, either ten, ten, ten. Of, but I'm trying to use my ten, ten, ten because I have so much of it. 
so I'm try- I've been trying to use it. So uh, I would be right to mix the ten 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 and the mill organite, whereas the Osmocote needs to be uh, like I use that in my planting of new plantings. Yeah. Yeah, you said it. You said it exactly right, Rosemary. You use the Osmocote. I think is best done because it is sort of expensive. Use the Osmocote in your new plantings, but your existing ones use the ten 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 and the Milorganite. Rosemary, thanks so much for calling. Let's go on to the next caller. Who we got next? Gary is down in Forest Park, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Gary. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I wanted to plant some thrift. Uh, I got a couple plants already there, and I'm going to add some more to it. And when should I plant the thrift, and how should I plant it? Well, it needs to be in the sun. We don't carry thrift year-round. We carry it usually just in the spring. We'll have it a little bit in the summer. But if you want the best selection, you need to get it now while it's in color and you can see it. And we plant it in the sun. I planted some the other day, too. And um, I worked up the soil a little bit and put it in there. It doesn't have to have real good soil. It just has to have real well-drained soil and full sun. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Nothing. Mm-hmm. What else are you planting, Gary? Uh, basically, that's it right now. Got everything else is already in place. Oh, all right. Well, I was just going to say, if that's the only thing you're planting, there's a whole lot more things that are for sale at nurseries around town <laughs> right now besides just thrift. But if you are content with thrift... I'm content with you. Thanks for calling, Gary. 404-872-0750 is the number on Lawn and Garden. we got Mike and McDonough who joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Mike, good morning. Good morning, Walter. I was a little confused about uh, strawberries, so I wanted to get the definitive answer from you. The UGA site talks about um, South Georgia using, middle and South Georgia using the hill system with June bears, and North Georgia using the matted, row system where you let the runners run all over the place but i've yeah. seen some other websites say north and middle use the mat and south use the hill and i'm kind of confused about what i can do because uh, a lot of strawberry places only sell in the spring so i didn't know if yeah from south at south atlanta region what's you know, a strawberry primer what i can do what i should do what's you know, type thing Honestly, the only way that I plant strawberries, Mike, is with the matted row system where you plant them. You let the daughter plants come out and bear, and then the mother plant usually is petered out. You cut her away and let the daughter plants become mothers, and they put out new runners, and you have sort of this matted, as they call it, matted row. And I recognize if you're going to a big strawberry field and there are better techniques of managing strawberries of hills and rows and things like that. But I think Mickey and I both, we just plant the strawberries and then let the daughters and the mothers take over each other in the in their place. Do you know what you kind of strawberries you have? Yeah, do you know what strawberries you're trying to plant, Mike? I want to plant uh, some uh, June bears for a big row, but I also want to plant some uh, day-neutral ones just to have some, you know, willy-nilly for a long time. Yeah. I think you're fine. Yeah. I think you're going to have a good long season of strawberries and you'll be just fine. Uh, and thankfully, you're not spring. like some of the gardeners that had a lot of freeze damage to their strawberries. I think the strawberries, at least in my garden, are blooming right now and don't seem to have any damage to them at all. Okay. So, plant in the spring, not the fall is okay? I think you plant them when you can find them. Yeah. I've, I see them in the okay. spring more likely yeah. than in the fall, so you plant them then. Okay, too late. Too late to plant them now, or no, no, no we got them right here at Pike on sale. Come on. All right, sounds good, sir. Thank you much. All right, Mike. Thanks for calling. 
It's 748 at News Talk WSB. Back to more lawn and garden after, new, after this, I should say. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. And we're broadcasting live from the Pike Nursery in Cumming, Georgia. And we have a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a nice day today and tomorrow. Highs in the mid-70s, lows overnight in the mid to low 50s. No chance of rain for the weekend, but on Monday, chance of thunder showers. You heard Kirk say just a moment ago, that combined with traffic means that this is where you should keep your radio locked. News Talk WSB, the Triple Team Traffic Center, is taking care of all your traffic questions and needs and helping Atlantans get around during spring break next week. Barry is in Sharpsburg, Georgia, and Barry joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Barry, good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning. How are you? We're great. How can we help? I have some about some chase trees that are about eight years old, yeah. and the dirt around the root has gone away. Don't know where it went. <laughs> and can I just pack more dirt in there, or what should I, how should I handle this? How old did you say these were, Barry? Probably about eight years old. My goodness, what would cause the dirt at the bottom of his vitex to move away? Uh, I think the answer is yes, but I'm curious as to why the dirt disappeared. I wonder if the roots are coming up for lack of water or something. lack of water? Is there erosion? What's going on, Barry? Give me more details. I don't know if it's chipmunks or voles or insects or I I, I don't know. I I keep the trees watered pretty good. Hmm. I've, I've got a drip system going around to oh. some flowers in between them, so right. I imagine they're getting water from that. Um, I don't know where the dirt's gone; just settled. But they're kind of loose too. You can you can move them a little bit. You know what? Now, 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 Barry, we need to think about this because if they're loose and you can move them a little bit. There are a lot of people in Atlanta right now who've gone out to move their shrubbery, and they're loose, and you can move them a little bit, and they fall over because of vole damage. Vole damage is very common in spring in Atlanta. And I want you to look at the bottom of your chase trees and see if there's any teeth marks or roots that are missing or anything that would indicate somebody's been chewing on them because vole damage is very common in spring in Atlanta. Okay. And so go check that out. Get on your hands and knees and go underneath and, and look. It's uh, it's kind of hidden with the uh, mundo grass that's around the base of them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I can I can see the roots and I I'll, I will do that. Yeah, get in there and see what it is. If it turns out to be vole damage, you'll see the teeth mark on the stem and roots there. But if it turns out to be vole damage, the easiest thing I think to control them is simply a mouse trap. They're just a type of metal mouse, and if you put a mouse trap out and cover it with a cardboard box or something to keep the birds away from it then you can control voles pretty easily but for listeners who see their rose or their little apple or nandina or camellia or anything else it's just sort of kinked over to one side and falling over that could be vole damage and voles and oh man they eat hostas big time in about two weeks when the hostas leaves are fully expanded that's when voles come in and chew out the middles of hosta plants it's 757 at news talk wsb we're broadcasting live this morning from the pike nursery and coming we'll be back after news